Hey everyone, it's Stephanie from True Crime Anonymous. I just want to tell you about this app called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it is everything you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. True Crime Anonymous may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back. My name is Stephanie and this is True Crime Anonymous. Today I will be telling you the story of Dee Dee Blanchard. You may also know this case as the Gypsy Rose case. Dee Dee Blanchard was born Claudine Petra on May 3, 1967 to parents Claude Anthony Petra Sr. and Emma Lois Gadere. She was one of six children. The large family of eight lived in Chuck Bay, Louisiana for most of Claudine's childhood. Claudine was sort of a difficult child. If something didn't go her way, she would go out and rebel against her parents and frequently engaged in petty theft. She worked odd jobs and worked as a nurse's aide for a while too. She was actually even a beauty pageant queen. She won in pageants frequently. But at the age of 24, she ended up getting pregnant. Her and her boyfriend, Rod Blanchard, had also recently married. But just before Claudine was due to give birth, the couple divorced. Rod had said they just got married because they were pregnant and thought they were in love. But they ended up getting a divorce because they just married for the wrong reasons. Turns out that you shouldn't get married just because you're having a baby. It's usually not the right thing to do, but it happens a lot, and a lot of times it works out, but a lot of times it doesn't. Anyways. Claudine even begged to... begged him to come back and for them to be a family but he refused and she tried and tried and tried and tried but nope he just didn't want anything to do with her and on July 27th 1991 Gypsy Rose was born she was named Gypsy Rose because Claudine liked the name Gypsy and Rose because Roz Roz, Rod was a fan of Guns N' Roses. 
She was perfect. Ten fingers, ten toes, no medical issues. Perfect. Rod recalls how excited and scared he was to have his own human, especially at 18. Within a few months of Gypsy being born, Claudine was claiming that Gypsy had sleep apnea and had trouble sleeping. So, at three months old, Gypsy had multiple overnight stays in the hospital to try and confirm this claim of sleep apnea. But the doctor said there was no sign of sleep apnea and baby Gypsy was just fine. And turns out that babies sometimes have trouble sleeping. I don't think newborns are known to be, you know, sleeping all night. And I don't think they're typically known as great sleepers. So, no sleep apnea, just a baby. Gypsy was constantly in and out of the emergency room for many various issues and not just visits at one hospital, visits at any or all hospitals Claudine could get her to. Claudine even pulled Gypsy out of school after the second grade. At age seven, Gypsy was riding her grandfather's motorcycle with him. She fell off, but only had minor injuries, like really minor. But after that, Gypsy was in a wheelchair. She had literally only scraped her knee. Claudine used the scrape on Gypsy's knee as a story for how she had surgery on her knees and that the scrapes were the wounds from surgery. And now she was paralyzed. Gypsy's dad felt so badly for her and would try and visit with her as often as possible. But he had remarried to a woman named Christy and Rod had always thought that Claudine was jealous of his new wife because whenever he would visit with Gypsy, Claudine would have to be present and stayed right by Gypsy's side. He did think that it was pretty odd and pretty inconvenient. He was even he wasn't, I'm sorry, he wasn't even allowed to be alone with her or take his daughter without her mother being right there with her and I can imagine how frustrated he was and how annoyed he was he was just trying to see his daughter and 
Claudine would be right by her side, literally like hand on the wheelchair with her right there. Kind of strange. Then, in August 2005, Hurricane Katrina struck and completely wiped out their home and everything was lost. They stayed in a shelter for families of people with special needs. And then Gypsy and Claudine were airlifted to Springfield, Missouri to start over. Claudine even shortened her name to Dee Dee. They are survive they were surviving off child support, disability checks, and donations. And she didn't just get a few little donations here and there. She got loads of donations. They even received a nice brand new home built for the two of them from Habitat for Humanity. A cute pink house with a wheelchair ramp for Gypsy and no mortgage. That's the best part. You don't have to pay for one of those houses. Can I get me one of those houses? How do I do that? <laughs> they became quite the local celebrities. By this time, Dee Dee had claimed poor little Gypsy had leukemia. She was paralyzed. She had a feeding tube and a laundry list of other things muscular dystrophy as well add that to the list Dee Dee had even secretly shaved Gypsy's head to go along with this leukemia story wow <clears throat> but they were starting to piece their life together or try to anyway they had their new home on the corner of Volunteer Way and Hope Road, and the local public was starting to really take notice of this poor, sick little girl and her amazing mother who cared for her with all of these ailments all by herself. The Make-A-Wish Foundation sent them to Disney World, all expenses paid. Gypsy flew everywhere, everywhere. They went to baseball games. She met celebrities like Elijah Wood and Sean Ashton from her favorite movie, Lord of the Rings. And she got to go to a Miranda Lambert concert on top of so many other concerts. And 
Miranda Lambert and Blake Shelton actually even gave them $3,500 from Miranda's personal checking account. She seems to me like she lived quite the lavish life, all while having multiple serious illnesses. I can just imagine how difficult it was for the family of two to carry around all those medical supplies and all the medicine and how sick and tired Gypsy must have been and how exhausted the mother must have been. Oh my goodness, this poor little family. Dee Dee was a superhero mom, according to the public around this time. You know, Gypsy is getting older and she makes a few friends in the neighborhood and one of her friends was a neighbor and Dee Dee was really controlling and she rarely allowed Gypsy to talk to anyone but Gypsy just wanted to be normal she even wanted to have a boyfriend she would ask her neighbor questions like how do you kiss a boy or how do you talk to a boy or how do you approach boys what do you say to them things like that you know normal teenager questions but Dee Dee did not approve of her little closest friend. And she told her that her daughter had the mental capacity of a child and that she was a teenager and this is teenage stuff. And to stop talking to Gypsy about things like that. Don't do it. Don't tell her how to talk to boys. She's a baby. A sick baby. <laughs> Eventually, Gypsy discovers dating sites on the internet. Because when Dee Dee would go to sleep, Gypsy would get on the computer like a normal kid. Gypsy ended up making a profile on ChristianDatingForFree.com ChristianDatingForFree.com <laughs> You like that? I guess that's the free version of like Christian Mingle or whatever, but ChristianDatingForFree.com That's where Gypsy made a profile and not before long has a message from someone who is interested in Gypsy. Ooh, girl, get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His name is Nicholas Godijan. Gypsy warns him that she is different from other girls and he said he didn't care. They started talking and they never stopped. Jeez, I remember those days. Like in high 
school when you're on the phone with a boy and you talk for hours and you're so in love oh my god and the world is great yeah I remember those days they really connected with each other and she literally pours her heart out to him she had so many things to tell him you know she didn't get to talk to many people and she had a lot to say she had a lot of feelings you know, with her mom, she was kind of just always obedient, always did what she said because she was her mom and she knew best and she listened and never got to speak her mind or spoke how she felt. So she told this Nicholas kid everything. And she's head over heels for him. She really thought he was her Prince Charming. He was going to come sweep her away from her mama and live happily ever after. They would message each other back and forth, planning their wedding and kids and their grown-up life. And she just really wanted to figure out how to get away from her mom. She was done. You know, she was growing up. She just didn't know how to escape the wrath of her mom. Then, on June 14th, 2015... Post is made from Dee Dee's Facebook saying, quote, The bitch is dead. End quote. At this point, her friends Kim and David think her page was hacked. But then another more vulgar post is posted. And I'm not going to read it word for word, but it basically says that her throat was slit and that he was going to forcefully have sex with her daughter. So when they saw that post they were like um let's just go check. Let's just let's just go over to the pretty pink house and um Let's go see if Dee Dee and Gypsy are okay. <laughs> so they hop in their car and they go over to the corner of Volunteer Road and Hope, no, Volunteer Way and Hope Road, or, or maybe it's the other way around, something like that. And when Kim and David get to her house, her brand new Nissan Cube was in the driveway but the house was silent they circled the house they knocked on every window and all the doors 
and when they got no response Kim called the police she said she needed someone to come and do a well uh, a wellness check on a disabled mother and daughter so the police arrive within minutes and they knock on the door there's no answer so they have to forcefully enter when they get into the house they find Dee Dee Blanchard face down on her bed in a pool of blood. She had been stabbed. And Gypsy Rose Blanchard was nowhere to be found. However, her wheelchair is there and her medicines are there. The police now have a crime scene established. And there's, they put up the yellow tape, and now there's a massive police presence. They've got a handicapped girl without her wheelchair or medicine missing. The media shows up shortly after. And the police actually tell the news channels that Dee Dee Blanchard has been killed in a violent manner and Gypsy Rose Blanchard is missing. Gypsy's dad is also notified and he was just completely shocked. He didn't know what to think and he was very worried and upset that someone had killed his child's mother so violently but police quickly find out about Gypsy's boyfriend and they trace her cell phone pings on a trail leading right to Nick's house in Wisconsin. And they go there. They head right over there because they think at this point that Nick has possibly killed Dee Dee and violently assaulted Gypsy and taken her so they get there the police get there and there's a bit of a standoff but Nick and Gypsy both eventually walk out of the house and surrender themselves let me repeat that Gypsy walked out of Nick's house she was not paralyzed apparently she was not a lot of other things either police then interview gypsy at first she plays stupid she's crying she doesn't know her mom's dead um, she denies everything and as she's being interviewed, the public is learning 
that Gypsy knew how to walk and they just didn't understand how someone so sick could kill someone. Maybe she was tricked into it. The media is just going crazy. People want answers. And then the police hold a press conference. And it opens with, quote, Things are not always as they appear, end quote. And that's when everything came out. They told the public that Gypsy Rose is actually an adult and had none of the problems her mother said she had. He then explained Dee Dee had Munchausen by proxy. This is when... It's... It's a mental disorder where a parent or caretaker exaggerates, fabricates, or induces an illness in a person under their care to obtain sympathy or attention. Sounds like Dee Dee. The public is outraged. Her dad felt really, really stupid. Everyone felt stupid. Everyone was just so upset. And they all had... been told that she was handicapped, handicapped her whole... Their, I mean, just their whole... Like, time they knew of these people and so Gypsy's charged with second degree murder and Nick is charged with first degree murder but it hadn't really sunk in that Gypsy couldn't walk until she walked into the courtroom Everyone was literally shocked beyond belief. Her charges were read to her as she was sobbing and pleaded guilty. Then Gypsy turned and walked out of the courtroom and back to jail. Same situation with Nick. His charges were read as first-degree murder and armed criminal action. And then he walked out and back to jail. So what actually happened all these years of Gypsy's life? Like I had mentioned, her mother had Munchausen's by proxy. And poor little Gypsy took the brunt of her delusions. There's so many things to cover. So let's just start with this. Gypsy Rose always knew she could walk. So why didn't she? Because her mother was her best friend. 
because she was her mom. She was all she had. She was all she knew. So she just listened to her. But if she didn't listen to her, there would be consequences. Sometimes they had arguments that lasted for days, or sometimes even a week. Sometimes Dee Dee wouldn't feed Gypsy for days. At age 11, arguments started to also get physical. One time, Gypsy recalls that her mother had hit her repeatedly with a coat hanger, and Gypsy Rose never fought back. Gypsy even tried to run away once. Dee Dee found her a few hours later, and Gypsy was scared of her, scared out of her mind because she knew that there were going to be huge consequences for this, and there was. Gypsy was chained to her bed. Dee Dee put bells on all the doors, starved her and physically assaulted her. Gypsy also knew she didn't need a feeding tube either. Her mom caught her numerous times eating. And yes, Gypsy even knew she didn't have all these illnesses either. There was no leukemia, no asthma, no muscular dystrophy, no hearing problems. The only thing physically wrong with Gypsy Rose, sometimes she had a lazy eye. Yep, a lazy freaking eye. Gypsy never said anything because she was just afraid of the consequences. She also hated the names her mother called her. Bitch slut, whore, all of these disgusting names that Gypsy just never heard anywhere except out of her mother's mouth. Gypsy didn't even know how old she was. Police found a birth certificate belonging to Gypsy, and the year Gypsy was born had been changed badly three times. You could clearly tell that it had been changed multiple times. In the interview room, Gypsy was asked how old she was, and she said that her insurance card said that she was 23, but she was actually 19. In reality... It was the other way around. She was actually 23. Police were deep in an investigation of a web of lies and unearthed a fraud scheme along the way in the investigation. Everyone had been conned, even celebrities like Miranda Lambert who 
felt so badly for them and had given them $3,500. Everyone from all angles was conned. But as Gypsy got older, Dee Dee got more and more controlling. But Gypsy just couldn't take it anymore. And when she had met Nick, well, deep in their conversations, she, they came up with a plan that they had to kill Dee Dee so they could live happily ever after. Just like they'd been talking about. Maybe she wanted away from her, her mother. Or maybe she was just like her mother. It was actually suspected that when Dee Dee and Gypsy were living with Dee Dee's father and stepmother, Dee Dee was poisoning her stepmother because her stepmother all of a sudden had fallen very ill when they moved in. And after they moved out, her health returned to normal. It was rumored that she was putting poison in her food. And she had also done the same thing to her own mother. Apparently, this is why Dee Dee's name kept shortening and changing as time went on, specifically after these events. Dee Dee's family went out to her house after she was killed to handle cleaning and all of the other things that you have to handle when someone dies. And they were horrified at how cluttered this house was. She was definitely a hoarder. The entire house was messy, unorganized, and full of shit. There was only one place in the entire house that was different. They opened the door to a closet near the kitchen and their jaws dropped. It was an entire closet. Like every shelf full, top to bottom, with medicine. The amount of medicine she had Gypsy on was astounding. This was like Dee Dee's shrine. They also came across lots of pictures and even more videos. Gypsy and Dee Dee liked to film everything with all the places they went and people they saw. Dee Dee's family just sat looking through everything, trying to piece something together or look for clues or signs of anything. There was actually one video they came across where Gypsy had on a snowsuit. She was standing on her porch and she jumps off the porch into a snow pile. How would she do that if she was paralyzed? They all just kept asking themselves, how didn't we know? 
How didn't anyone know? But there was one doctor who wrote in his report that Dee Dee had Munchausen by proxy and he actually had social social services called but social services ended up closing the case and nothing became of it because Gypsy knew how to talk her way out of anything. Gypsy's family found a crazy paper trail of doctors and surgeries and they even found a full prescription pad under her bed. So she was probably writing prescriptions for Gypsy, maybe even herself, illegally. Um, They had found the paperwork of nearly 150 doctors that she had for Gypsy over time. And when Gypsy would go to see a doctor, she was instructed not to talk during the doctor visits. Stay silent and just play with your stuffed animal or play with your doll, but don't say anything. This girl was even put through multiple surgeries as well, which blows my mind. How can you have surgeries without anything wrong? Like, it's just, anyway. She had gastrointestinal surgeries. She had a feeding tube put in. She had surgery on her salivary, Jesus, (laughs) salivary glands and eye surgeries as well. How did she get away with all of this? Gypsy claims it was a combination of her being a sweet, convincing person with her southern charm and that she said all her medical records were lost in Hurricane Katrina. She also had a fake birth certificate for Gypsy as well. She would literally go on the computer and look for foundations and places that she could hit up to get money and get help. And another place to make up a sad sob story to get more money. Investigators had a lot of paperwork and lies to work through, but on the other hand, Gypsy and Nick had made it extremely easy for detectives to develop a timeline and a sequence of events. Nick had confessed and so had Gypsy. Nick had come from his home up in, over in Wisconsin and stayed in a hotel when Gypsy texted him and said it was time after Dee Dee had gone to sleep that's when he showed up and she gave him all the tools that he would need to kill her um, which included like a knife and duct tape things like that and Gypsy hid in the bathroom 
and Nick went into Dee Dee's bedroom and just began to stab her. Gypsy was covering her ears but heard her mother scream for help and then she screamed for Gypsy three or four times and then she just started screaming for like a minute or two. And then all went silent. And Gypsy had said in an interview that she wanted to help her mother, but she was just too afraid to get up. Her legs would not let her get up. She was scared shitless. But apparently she wasn't that scared because as soon as he was finished killing her mother, he led her into her bedroom so Nick led Gypsy into Gypsy's bedroom and that's when they had sex right after her mother was killed then they got dressed and Gypsy puts put on a horrible share like black wig and they took a cab to Nick's hotel and they're seen on surveillance every step of the way every step they make they have multiple eyewitnesses and they're always on surveillance. They led police right to Nick's house. The police said it was like a Hansel and Gretel type thing. They had laid everything out perfectly for the police. They were like, really? Just really? Gypsy claims she didn't even think that they would get caught and that that thought never even crossed her mind. And that is very, very strange to me. Clearly, she didn't watch any crime shows or listen to True Crime Anonymous or any true crime podcast because, come on. With all of this evidence, surveillance, Nick and Gypsy's confessions, the police were satisfied and Nick has his trial. And it only lasted four days. Gypsy testified. And then the jury was out for deliberation and came back two hours later. He was then sentenced to life in prison for first-degree murder, and he does not have the chance of parole ever, and he got an additional 25 years for the armed criminal action charge. Gypsy was sentenced to 10 years. Nick said he did this because he loved Gypsy. Gypsy says she feels sorry for him and claims that he was also kind of controlling and the really sad thing is here well this is all very sad but Gypsy actually doesn't mind being in prison she grew out her hair she can eat she can walk she doesn't have to take medicine for physical ailments. She can have friends and 
in her words, be normal. Gypsy is more free in prison than she was in the free world. And that is the end of our story today. I hope that you guys enjoyed and thank you again for your continuing support. It's my our channel is really starting to take off a little bit more. So it's all so exciting and I'm really trying to do better with telling stories. Really, really trying here. And like I always say, I just hope that this one was better than the last. And I love all of you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night.